So like the chances that the person that you're dancing with, that they are struggling with their papers, mm. they're struggling with some sort of immigration, maybe their parents, their, their kids, uh, some sort are huge, right? Uh, and sometimes we don't even think like it's amazing how we just dance with people and we don't see them past that like we're just thinking okay they're not even keeping the the, the yeah, timing yeah, right yeah. <laughs> 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 and it's like wait wait you don't even know what's real yeah. really there it could be that's anything nice. right and yeah. and Sometimes that's wrong, right? Um, give the give people the chance. What's good, everybody? You listen to the All Feelings No Facts podcast, where every week we do our best not to get canceled. We talk about subjects such as politics, geography, kinesiology, psychology, sociology, <laughs> the government, um, and socialism. Um, my name is Rashawn. I'm the star of the show. To my left, I got Davis, the resident stepdad, and to the, more to my left, I got Simon, the uh, the other resident stepdad of the podcast. So, Simon, uh, why don't you tell us something about yourself or a little about yourself? Um, and uh, Davis, can you take yeah, care of this real quick? Sorry, I'm fucking blanking out right now. I got it. Um, well, our favorite question to ask guys is, uh, do you feel loved today? Very loved, and not just today. I feel like uh, the last, to me, the last three months have been amazing for me. So very loved, uh, just be random people and the people that are close to me. So I could not ask for anything better. Wow, okay. Because very rarely do we get like a crazy positive response. I, I'm there. extra positive. Like okay. if if you can just define somebody or a word for me is positive just guys just so you know this is a positivity podcast yeah literally hey just always be happy never have a sad thought ever that there's no point <laughs> there's no point in thinking be don't be depressed i'm telling you it's your big brother talking okay you just you have, gave the the uh the solution for depression. the solution the solution I, for depression this, is don't be depressed don't don't be sad don't, don't fucking sad. don't don't listen to like uh, sad music right, right don't don't watch a sad movie yeah. right isn't that yeah. what you do you That's get a breakup it, and you watch the saddest fucking movie you ever seen in your life well, what's that gonna do the cure for uh, insomnia also it's just go, go to, go to <laughs> yeah, yeah, good night. close oh, your god. eyes buddy oh my god <laughs> Ah, uh, shit. What are we talking about? Uh, love, actually. Love. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So that, Simon's... That's, that's a big subject, for sure. Yeah, so would you say that um, that in the dance community that there's a lot of love going on, or how do you... 100%. Yes. Yeah. I, it's also... It's almost intoxicating, right? Mm. And I love it. I love it. Uh, I feel that thanks to dancing, uh, it... Or I want to say, like, dancing changed my life. Uh, in Ooh. a way, yes, it's, it's almost almost addicting, just because you just feel so much love uh -huh. um, it, everywhere, and there is so much chance. There is so many chances for you to find that love, and it could be any kind of love, right? It doesn't have to be just romantic love. It could just be friend love, exactly. mom love, dad love, brother love, sister love, cousin love, self love, self uh, uh -huh. the the main one, yeah. self love. Um, yeah, these are all the the pillars of um, love, of love. <laughs> yeah, of, of just not fucking trying to, of not trying to kill yourself, basically, right? True. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, it definitely gives you that self worth for sure. Yeah. I feel, uh, I'm sure, it's challenging enough and different enough that gives you that. So, how do you feel when you're on the dance floor and? Um, you feel like someone's not giving you that same energy or you feel like they're kind of maybe kind of oh, yeah. stuck up or something oh, and yeah. that they're not happy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's not my fault. Okay. I didn't do anything to you. No, no. hundred <laughs> percent. Though I feel like a lot of times, cause you don't know, you don't know what's happening with the person that is in front of you. Right. Yeah. And, and you just don't know, just like, like I'm a very, very uh, like introverted person. Right. Mm. 
I don't show it that much because I feel so comfortable dancing mm -hmm. that I don't show it. But I understand, like, it's hard. It's hard to look at somebody else when you're dancing, so somebody else in the eye, right? And mm -hmm. that's how I build connection, right? Looking at their, their face, their eyes. And sometimes it just doesn't work. And at first it was difficult for me. Maybe like this person doesn't care about me, right? Doesn't want to connect yeah. with me. But then later I realized, no, some people just don't feel comfortable doing that because at the end of the song they still smile they'll tell you oh my god that was awesome but it's like why didn't you just connect well, yeah, to me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think davis has had some stories like that and i maybe i've had that too where like it'd usually be like in the beginning this person was kind of my enemy on the dance floor yeah. or like or but they're looking everywhere yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then and then somehow some way you kind of get to know them or kind of go under underneath uh -huh. the hood a little bit and then you connect on it on a different level outside the dance floor. Yes. And now you can go back on the dance floor and have like a proper dance. Yes. You know, and so that's like you close the chapter on that one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So this is very specific. Is this is there like a story with somebody in specific? I think it's with like most people. Like I've had a horrible experiences of like dancing with someone where I've told I've come home and I've told Sean like oh, no. I'm never dancing with that person again and then I just have a conversation with them or like we'll get drinks or yeah. oh, like really? we'll socialize uh -huh. outside of the dance floor and then they almost feel more comfortable with you being in their personal space yeah so then they don't tense up as much so they dance later differently? Yeah, they dance they do. significantly differently because it's almost like you've built this rapport with them and it's almost like you're not going to harm them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you feel that barrier at first from them and then it, once you connect with them... It just dissipates away. No way. Yeah. But have you, have you noticed, have you ever... Do you think that you can develop a connection with someone just in the three minutes of time you spend dancing with them? Yes. Actually, it's like one of my favorite things is when you start dancing. I, I feel like it's magical almost. Uh, you start dancing with somebody that you don't know. You kind of know that they're kind of beginners and, and they're afraid. And I love that. Like, if I see somebody sitting and then almost afraid of, of like... Simon loves when they're afraid at the beginning. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but there is hey, a that's what he said. I didn't say <laughs> there, there is a reason for that because, you know, I want because I was a beginner at some point. Right. And I was afraid and I know how it feels to like you see all these people that seem to know like it looks like they fucking know what they're doing. Right. Mm. And I want them to feel the way I eventually felt, which is like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Right. So I want I love finding that those people that are kind of afraid and, and, and just dance basic, don't do anything crazy and make them feel good. And you can feel how they relax and it's just the best feeling. Right. And, and I, I love that. I think that's a good skill set to have, because sometimes it's not really about how good you are as a dancer, mm -hmm. because if you're not able to read your partner at all yeah. and what level they are then you can be professional, but then they're walking off the dance floor saying like, oh, I was so nervous and I felt so uncomfortable the whole time, even though it was like with the, like maybe like professional level dancer. It's like they couldn't, they couldn't understand the person well enough to like give them a good experience, right? Yeah, 100%. And exactly that good experience is like, my goal sometimes, like I have different, like when I go to social dance, I have like different challenges. One of them is like, let's dance with as many different follows as mm -hmm. I can. But also if I can like make somebody's night by just make it fun, like actually fun, then I'm happy. And, and doing that is like, yeah, you were just having fun. Like it, there is no rules really at, in dancing. We don't have to be perfect. And if we just have fun, it's it just makes me happy. Sometimes you get that Instagram at the end. Hey, what's your Instagram? What's <laughs> <laughs> your Instagram? I got yeah, a couple of Instagrams. Yeah. You got Instagrams? <laughs> that means yes. If he's saying hey, that means yes. Um, you know, when you start dancing, it's almost like all these good dancers are in their little secret club. And they're all so freaking good and you just like yeah. want in. Yes, you I call them the people right next to the DJ, right? So if if you go to like a festival or or even in the social, 
Just take a look at the people closer to the DJ. Those are like the in people, right? Um, which is fun to dance with them, right? Like, don't get me wrong, but I love to find the furthest people from the DJ because uh, it's just like it's it's chill. You don't have to worry about it. Like if you fuck up, that's okay. Uh, yeah, that's that. Those are my people. There you go. Next question. Cool. Next question. Um, so just going back to feeling um, feeling loved. Um, could you tell us a little bit just about your background and your your childhood and what's your favorite childhood memory? Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like, let's, let's start from the beginning, yeah. right? Uh, so I was born in Medellin, Colombia, uh, one of the most dangerous cities actually in the '90s, back in the '90s. Oh, well, you were like prime, prime Pablo Escobar. Yeah, ex exactly. That's that's Pablo Escobar time. But now Medellin is it did a 180, 100%. Like it's amazing how different it is from back then. Think about it, like you know how New York City was so dangerous in the 80s. Like you could you could not step in the in Times Square without feeling, you know, like threatened. Like you're going to get shot. Yes, 100%. Sniped. Same thing with Medellin. Uh, now it's like one of the best. It, like I've gone pretty much every year in the past seven years. And it amazes me how good, how awesome it is. It, it is like, you're welcome, by the way, to come with me. How about anytime. the Colombian women? Ooh. <laughs> 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 the women though Let hey listen different what? level yes for sure different level meaning what oh yes uh, it's crazy it's crazy i don't know what i'm sure it is yeah. i'm sure it is we okay we have uh, i, I a very beautiful lady sitting <laughs> next to us. And so we're going to be very PG on this part, right? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Hey, yeah. We, I, I think sometimes people get the idea of this podcast that we're against women. We love women. We love women. We respect women. We Poor want me. the best for women. Uh, we believe women should have rights and opportunities. Okay? So I don't know what you thought. <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> but no. uh continue about these colombian women <laughs> <laughs> okay to be fair i actually call myself a feminist um that's uh, fair yeah, yeah yeah so it took me a while like i feel like it, this is one of like favorite topics for me uh, as well um uh, consider myself progressive feminist uh so it's it sometimes it's hard to believe you know because you know feminist has a, such a negative connotation sometimes uh-huh <laughs> i'm agreeing i'm agreeing i'm 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 just agreeing with the statement because yeah yeah so it's just like you know, it's considered like an extremist group almost right yes you could say that and i i hold but other people will consider extremist views but mm -hmm. at the end of the day uh, a feminist just want equality of genders, which benefit everybody, right? At the end, uh, not only, not, not directly, let's say, you know, because I'm male, but, uh, you know, you have a sister, you have a, uh, maybe a mom uh, mm. or, or a girlfriend, right? So or a cousin. Yeah, correct. Or so a <laughs> nephew, or I mean a niece, sorry. <laughs> but at the same time, there is a lot of views, like difficult views out there that just if, if we think about it and equalize the the, the way we see gender, mm -hmm. uh, it will also benefit, uh, you know, for people like me, like uh, male male. So where do you think where do you think that women are not equal in like what areas oh, does God. there still need to be improvement? There is so many. <laughs> yes, hundred uh, percent. Pick three. Pick three. Uh, payment, right? Mm -hmm. So that's for sure. Women uh, get paid 80% of what a man makes or something. Is yeah. that the statistic? 78%. 78%? Okay. Yes. That is definitely a glass ceiling over there. And um, just the way that we, you know, like if I go and step to uh, uh, to the doctor's office and I want to have, uh, uh, you know, like uh, I forget the name of the, of the procedure. Gynecologist. Yeah. No, no, no. So like if I Sorry. want to not have babies anymore. Abortion. Right. 
Oh, no. abortion. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, we're fucking this up. <laughs> um, a vasectomy. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. For males, it's a little bit easier, or I say way easier, that for a girl to, for a female to do it uh, for women, right? Yeah, I've heard, uh, I, I think it's called tying your tubes. Um, I, I, there's a scientific word for it, but I just don't have it in my head right now. Yeah. Snip, snap, snip, snap, yes. snip, snap. Yes. So, because, I mean, it seems like we still hold that as a society that the role of women are just to reproduce, right? So it's being forced. Uh, reproduce and cook. That seems to be the two. Correct. <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. I, I was born into this world. <laughs> yes. So that's what? That's the three there, right? Yeah. We have them. But, you know, so I've heard this and I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm pretty sure it's accurate that when, when women get their tubes tied, they don't use um, anesthesia when they do it. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. It makes it extremely I, painful. Oh, you're talking about the IUD insertion. Yes. Jeez. Yeah, no, no. Um, uh, which makes it extremely painful. Unlike male, um, male procedures of vasectomy, vasectomy that yeah. take, what, an hour and you're out of there. It's an outpatient procedure and it's yeah. really easy. So it definitely makes it. I don't. It's a surgery, bro. It's gonna be that fucking easy. <laughs> Look, okay. I guess what we're lobbying for is anesthesia for IUD patients. Is no, that what at the end of what we want is just you know all these procedures should be done between your doctor oh. and and yourself. But it's like I feel like there is a a difference how we treat both genders at this point um, so I mean okay I would say um, and we're gonna go back to your childhood about this but yeah we've, we've, not, drifted, we've drifted uh, I'm sorry might yeah. as well yes. might as well go deep into it um, so you know we've heard Roe versus Wade and the stories about mm -hmm. the Supreme Court trying to overturn uh, Roe versus Wade um, and you know it's 2022 right now and you'd think that we've made a lot of progress. Yeah, we went back. Decades. So why do you think we've gone back? Why decades? or why? Why do you think that now it's almost like we're almost reversing the 60 years of progress that has been made? I feel like right now we are getting a pushback from, uh, I guess, culturally uh, on, on values, like Republican values mm -hmm. uh, had been pushing back. Uh, that I don't necessarily agree with because, I mean, it's important to me. I feel like uh, having that choice of, you know, if, if, you, if it's your body, uh, you should not be, there should not be an external, especially political uh, uh, group that decides what's the best for you, right? So what do you think about, okay, let's say a girl got 20 abortions, mm -hmm. okay? And now she's on number 21. Uh -huh. So do you think that the government should step in or say something or have some kind of um, authority over her 21st abortion? Uh, well, <laughs> that's a little bit extreme, right? But I feel like there has to be something else uh, there that maybe she needs a, a, a medical help, right? Like yeah. some, some sort of... Something is not right there, mm -hmm. but it's that we, c we cannot just make laws, like blanket laws that will affect everybody just because there may be some case out there that is extreme. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's, just, it's just not right, right? Do you think, do you think that, um, do you think that maybe we should be do like instead of just letting the girl okay it's like it's kind of like buying a gun there's two ways of doing it you can have your law set up where you just buy a gun you don't need training you don't really need shit you just need to be 18 maybe you walk in by a was it automatic rifle or was semi-automatic semi you know there's no really credentials uh -huh. um so now the argument is like okay they need to meet some requirements before we okay them do you think that for an abortion, maybe there should be some requirements that they, or maybe they get assessed in some way to make a better decision rather than just, you just go in and do whatever the fuck you want because 
you want to do it. When it when it is kind of like a big decision, right? Right. So like when you go to the dentist, right? It, it there's no there is no like government that decides what kind of treatment you're gonna have, right? It's just between yeah. your dentist and yourself. So it should be the same. Um, mm. Okay. There shouldn't be, you know, any decision. Why are we treating abortion differently? It's still a medical pro procedure. Yeah. I, well, I think the idea is that is because there's, I guess, a baby going to die in the process. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you get your teeth cleaned, right. so no one's, it's still, you know. It's still, it's still, you know, experts. The medical expert is making the decision. So mm -hmm. leave, the, leave that to them. Okay. Yeah, that's fine with me. I don't, I don't, I don't, hey, I don't really, personally, I don't have a stance on a woman's body. She can do whatever she wants, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not trying to fucking get involved. All right. So. <laughs> um, but uh, going back to one thing, you say that um, there should not be any political ideology. Mm -hmm to essentially control a woman's body. And right. I personally don't think it's political ideology. I think it's religious ideology. And this goes back to something you told us in the past where uh, you are, uh, I would say atheist, is an atheist? Yes. And Roshan from last week's episode <laughs> with you cursing out the atheists. I was going on a drunk rant. <laughs> So I, I became one of those pastors <laughs> that yells on the like the just corner of a street <laughs> at a college campus. <laughs> and so, uh, could you tell us more about you know your your journey as to how you became? I mean, I, I know you started Catholic, but could you tell us about your? I don't want to call it transition because that makes it like weird, but right? How did you? No, 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 hundred percent, and, yeah. and 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 yeah, don't feel. I, I don't know how to use the right words. I don't know what the right <laughs> words are. Is it transitioning or just I don't know. I, making a choice, making this choice. Yeah, life. yeah. So like I, I was raised Catholic. Um, my family is is very very religious, uh, in a way that we will ra like pray the the rosary. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, we will pray the the rosary almost daily for an hour. Uh, my extended family, mm -hmm. not like my okay. immediate family so we there was no sunday that will miss uh church but i'm also being very very curious about life uh, uh i like to read a lot i love reading about pretty much anything and one of my favorite subjects is uh mythology uh love me some like greek mythology egyptian mythology so eventually i read enough where you start to like ask questions, right? So, and, and this is like a very, very, very long process. And, and eventually you just, I never, there was no moment that I decided, okay, well, maybe, maybe this just doesn't make sense, right? I just stopped thinking. And at some point I decided, well, maybe I'm just an agnostic, right? And agnostic means, uh, you just don't have enough evidence to make a decision, right? You just don't know. There is no evidence out there to decide, okay, there is God or there is not God. We just don't have it, right? But atheist means, so I call myself agnostic atheist, meaning based on that evidence or the lack of evidence, I can conclude that the most possible uh, uh, the the possibility of not being God to me is the most reasonable uh, thought, right? Just like just the same way I I'm, um, I don't believe there is a Thor out there or unicorns or you know several other stuff. I can conclude that that's the probability of what those about aliens. Aliens are a li little bit more difficult to say. That they <laughs> got them. Because got them. <laughs> Hey. Just because they, <laughs> they, the universe is so vast, it's so uh. gigantic, so the probability is for something being out there, it's, it's, it's probable, right? But I still, I'm, I guess I'm agnostic uh, about 
aliens, aliens right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes, okay, that's fair. Um, but in the same way, it, I just go like I I like to say that um, just like you, I wake up every day, I do my stuff. It's just that it it doesn't cross my mind, like you know, like I'm also a non a non Canadian, right? I don't think about being Canadian. Just the same way I don't think about being Canadian, I I don't think about gods, if that makes sense. Um, you mentioned something about not having enough evidence. Mm -hmm. um, were you at some point looking for evidence? Hundred percent, yes. And uh, what did you find lacking? Okay, so <laughs> this this was like early, especially when I was in college, right? Um, you look for something. Uh, I, again, I'm like I have like this kind of scientific engineering mind where I want to understand things. I want to know how things work, and through that lens, you just want something going on. So it could be anything. So I will read pretty much anything that I could get my hands on. It could be uh, other religions like you know Islam. And, and Buddhism and which is so interesting to me Hinduism and all the gods and at the end when you start reading about that you just you just learn that there is nothing there that you can just put your that's that's what the definition of faith is mm -hmm. you just believe with the with without the uh, without evidence yes. right you just that's like a, a, a a leap of faith is just that you throw yourself right without being evidence and and to the religion that's that's something beautiful right you just believe because you you, you believe right uh, and I understand that and and that makes a lot of people happy and which is great it just to me it just doesn't work oh, that's fair that's fair um, so just um, do you think that the the religious routine that you had when you were younger uh, with your family did that almost fatigue you away from religion no no not at all i actually love everything uh, like i culturally identify as catholic right so just like you know there is so many Jew, uh, people uh jewish that they will say okay i'm jewish as in culturally jewish mm. uh, and not necessarily follow like the community and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I feel that I'm connected to Catholicism in the fact that it's like I've still practiced like uh, Christmas and all, all mm. kind of, in, I love my family. And I think like there's so many. Communion. Uh, <laughs> that, right? it, well, no, no, I love the art and, uh, and all the like kind of rituals around it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, is it, I'm gonna move on to the next question. Yeah, yeah, Is that okay ahead. with you? Okay, so um, when, when did you move to the U.S.? Um, so I graduated from high school, oh. uh, you know, around 16. Uh, okay. This is 2001. Okay. And I, it was almost like a decision not made, like made for me. Like they they decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and we're you're gonna go ahead and move to U.S. And I didn't know English. I didn't know anything. And 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 you were sixteen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I moved to Orlando, Florida, uh, which was awesome, actually. Uh, nice. Coming Florida. from a culture kind of homogeneous, but like at the end, you know, we are all Colombians, but Colombians are very, uh, I want to say, like uh, different in in a way. Like this, like all races and and all that but at the same time it's very homogeneous it's like it's pretty much everybody's catholic and all that um, in florida no 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 from colombia oh right <laughs> <laughs> i was like dude you lucked out <laughs> <laughs> okay no but that's hey, actually it's like colombia over here. that's actually <laughs> what i loved about my experience learning because i learned uh english in in uh, Valencia College in Orlando, right? Uh, oh, shit. And, and so there were a lot of people there also learning English. 
And that was my first experience with international people, you know, like people from, let's say, Russia, Germany. Uh, Valencia Morocco. College is an international school. Is that what it is? It's, it's like the community college in, mm. in Orlando. Oh, okay. And it's like connected to UCF, uh, University of Central Florida. Yeah. Uh, and... So it's like, and it's right next uh, next to Universal Studios. Oh, wait. Uh, oh shit! So you just fucking after class, hey, you want to go to Universal Studios? Hundred percent. I it? did it several times. Yeah, go watch a movie and go watch a movie and a city. Uh, not hold a, hold a girl's hand at the park. <laughs> right? This is what you said two thousands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just holding hands, looking at stuff. You know, you don't have the cell phone out. It was scary. Yeah, I had to make. It travel a lot without cell phones, yeah. Oh, it was scary. Nah, I mean, like, not cell phones, but, like, without GPS. Sorry, I meant to say, like, it was more of a peaceful time. <laughs> no, it was stressful. It was sure. stressful? Yeah, okay, yeah. I got you. Um, so when you were moving here, did you have preconceptions about America or, like, what is it going to be? And then, like, when you got here, was it different from what you thought? Yes, yes. Obviously, you get... Um, you get the I had come several times, but you know it's nothing like just actually living here. Yeah. But uh, you get what you you see in the movies and like yeah, I don't know like the typical high school that they portray in the movies, which is kind of scary with everybody in in, in their own group and kind of bullying and all that stuff. Bullying, and, drinking, yeah, drugs. Some yeah. jock is just. Has a nerd upside down in the toilet, right? And then he f <laughs> exactly, hits the flush. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> obviously, that's bring that be. back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't, hey, we don't bully. We don't condone bullying. We don't condone yes, violence. Don't. Yeah. Um, be kind to each other. <laughs> Smile more. <laughs> the biggest scam in America. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna bring it back to. Someone's repetitioning that stay here. Like, oh, fuck. Let, me, let me rescue this. <laughs> please, please. Uh, no, no, no. Like I said, having. Um, it, it, when I got to college, getting that. Ex being exposed to so many cultures, uh, it's one of the things that I still treasure a lot mm -hmm. right so i got to meet a lot of friends from different parts of the world like i never got exposed to that in colombia obviously and then that was my opportunity to meet like people from india japan morocco Russia. obviously yes a lot of people obviously from latin countries but it's like wow like you know they're my friends we don't we don't speak the same language. We're all struggling to learn English together, and then somehow we make it, right? Uh, that, to me, was the most beautiful time, for sure. Um, so I moved, I moved to the States when I was 16, and I have uh -huh. a very integrated like, friendship group where I have like Indian friends and white friends and black friends. And, yeah. and I don't feel uncomfortable if I go into a room and it's like all white people or I don't feel uncomfortable and it's all Indian people. I'm very malleable mm -hmm. and it's just because I guess of the immigrant experience I had. Yeah. And so did you find that your culture or your culture, the Colombian culture almost found you strange that you were comfortable hanging around all these cultures? Uh, was there any pushback from your own people about how comfortable you were yeah. intermingling with freely with other cultures yeah so like obviously i mean colombian in colombia just like in anybody any other place you know there is racism classism for sure uh, i do feel that in america it's a little bit more uh, out there and it, it's it's just so common right and but i felt almost like in a bubble, on a safe bubble, because we were all in the same boat. So for a long time, those were my friends and the, those were the people that I, uh, that I spent most of the time. And since we had that thing in common that we're all immigrants, we're all like strangers in a, this, this weird place, right? Like we're not, we don't belong in this country. So we had that in common and we're all trying to learn English, 
we felt like almost like a family, right? And 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 later on, it was a little bit scary, right, to be integrated in regular classes, like you know, like with regular American people. Uh, that was a little bit scary, but the time, f- like the couple years that I did to learn English, it felt super safe, super, mm-hmm. super nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Davis, can you um, follow up with another question? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Sorry, so I'm not that prepared today, guys. Oh, no worries. Um, so I, I assume you were, was this an IELI program that you started yeah, off Yeah, ESL, with? English okay. as a second language, yeah. As a second language, and then I guess you transitioned from that and you went to the University of Florida? Yes. So is that when it kind of, the real integration into regular society started? Right, right. And was that a scary step for you to take? Very scary, okay. very scary. And uh, to me, I always been kind of lazy in studying because I've been always getting, like, that was me, getting always A's and, and, and good grades without even studying. So that even w- learning English, I would not study because it just came easy to me. And it was, a sh- it was shocking moving from that safe environment to University of Florida because it was just so difficult. <laughs> it was so painful. And, and I actually started as an aerospace engineer uh, at first, and it was just brutal. It, it was brutal. And just getting, like, basically culture shock at first, and then uh, and, and, and the grades and all that, uh, it, it hit me hard. It, it was difficult. And then later on, because I was been interested in computers and arts, so I find out about this degree, uh, which I actually, that, that's my major, uh, which is computer science in, in engineering and art in uh, digital arts. Uh, oh God, it's, I'm so happy that I found that because this is me to a T. Like okay. it's everything I love is that. Um, and so just, I guess it's gonna be more of a background question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that when you lived in Colombia, you were more privileged than other Colombians? Like your family just had more wealth, they had more, they had more to pour into you than other families? Yes and no, okay. yes and no. Like uh, my family, it's, I've been lucky in a way that it, it's like my family has been very helpful. Okay. Uh, they, they help each other a lot and, and I have a like very, very big family. So it, 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 I had that opportunity presented to me to come to America that so many, so many People. in my country will just dream about. Uh, and like I said, it, I never thought about it. Like it, it just was presented to me and it, to me it was normal. And later on is when I decided, wow, how lucky I am. And I feel like I, my life has always been lucky. Like everything that I gain or, or wish has become through. Uh, no matter what, somehow, you know, like, because I struggle a lot, uh, as we talk, we spoke early on, it's like, I, I struggle with papers. Uh, at first, because I came here as a tourist, I came to United States as a tourist, and then I switched to F1, F1 student, yes, which is international student, and then it takes uh, a lot of work, a lot of work to switch from international student to permanent resident uh, and then from permanent resident to an actual U.S. citizen. Uh, that's a journey that is, is it's <laughs> horrible. It's a struggle for sure. And, you know, like even though I struggle and it was painful at the end, it, it happened. So I feel like every day I feel lucky that that happened. Um, so did you, so I guess when you went to Florida, you were an international student on yeah. F1 status and uh, just a little bit of background on immigration law. Yeah. You have four years mm-hmm. with your immigration status and then I think you have 60 days to find a job. Which I didn't. But, well, no, you, you, have, you have like a year to either decide, yeah. do you go back to Colombia or, or, or you stay, find a job and then maybe switch from F1 to, what is it, H1? H1B. Uh, yeah, H1B, yes. and then they sponsor you, your company yep. sponsors you to get that. I didn't do that, I didn't do that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I knew, like, no, you, America is my place, I'm staying here, 
I love this country. I just I'm gonna do whatever it takes to do that. And um, when I moved here, my uncle and aunt they um, they they were American uh, citizens. They adopted me, right? Okay. Just for the papers, and that's how I got through. It 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 was a mess. It's a fucking a mess. Yeah. Everything is like so complicated. <laughs> it like, like don't ask me because it's just like it's, it's, that's half our questions. Yeah, it's like it was a mess. It's a horrible, and and that's. I feel like so many people struggle with the same thing, right? It's just like so complicated, and at the end of the day, you just wanna you just wanna be happy. <coughs> in the place that you are, right? And they just make it so complicated. And and, and that, that like, you know what you want, right? And you're going to find a way to do it no matter what. So, like, yeah. So it, 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 it eventually happened. Did you feel a lot of pressure when you were in college um, because of your status? Did it almost feel like it was... Um, you know the scholar letter A that people yes. have? Did you feel that sort of pressure for the four years or the two years that you were in college? Several times, yes. I, especially because, you're again, you're not supposed to work, right? So as a student, you're already, you're already trying to survive, right? Because, you know, education is expensive, right? And you, you feel that, that inequality in the fact that I mean, all my friends are working, right? You want to work, but you're not allowed to, right? So you feel different. All of, like, there were several opportunities presented to me that I, I couldn't do, like even internships or mm -hmm. stuff that normal people do that I just couldn't take advantage. And I felt like I was falling behind because I couldn't take those advantages just because I had this, this two letters, one, you know, F1, yeah. uh, under my status that prevented me to almost like, like, it's almost like a handicap, right? Yeah. So like, I, I felt that, that I was not treated equally and I understand, right? I was not born in this country, but at the end, I, you know, I have, I try hard. I'm starting hard. Why cannot take advantages of those stuff? It's, it's almost like, um, so I have, I know immigration law back and mm -hmm. forth. Yes. And it's almost like when you're there in that stage, because I had a lot of friends in undergrad. Yes. And it's almost like you're in a dehumanized stage. 100%. Where yes. You are, you're generally the smartest people in your classes are international students. And they're the ones who have almost no opportunities to. You feel to like almost less than human. Exactly. Right? And you develop this almost... That's the name of Bree's documentary. <laughs> Shout out Bree's documentary. <laughs> Coming to Netflix of August 2022. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but you almost feel like... Like you can't... You can't push past that barrier. Like yeah. it's there and it's a glass ceiling. And it's almost impossible to push past that glass ceiling. And we... I have had friends who almost try to kill themselves. Yeah. No, I believe it. Their their OPT is running out in a couple months, mm -hmm. and they don't have any other options but to either get married for papers or yeah um, go back home. And then you have I've had friends who have stayed in abusive relationships yes. because they got married to someone, they got a conditional green card for two years, and that's kind of just how immigration law works if you get married to get your papers you 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 hold your card for two years you have to stay with the person you married for two years to get these restrictions removed and they've stayed in these continuous abusive relationships with these people um just to get this paperwork done and so this question i actually wanted to pose to you is when you were let's say pursuing someone or pursuing love when you were in undergrad did it almost feel like your love was ingenuine because you almost had this other factor behind you that like, not only am I interested in this person because they're nice and they're, you know, they get along with me great, but there's a possibility of getting married to them and almost quote unquote using them. 
for papers? It, well, no. Hey, do your thing, player. Yeah. <laughs> do your thing. Well, okay. So when I was in college, I never thought, because at that point, I didn't know how difficult it was going to be to switch from F1 student to actually get my papers. I didn't know at that point. Uh, I knew that there were several things that I couldn't do because, again, that F1 student. But I thought, okay, I just graduate. I just need to graduate on this, you know, as an engineer. People like engineers. I'm going to find a job and be happy. That's that's what I thought. So I never thought that ahead uh, again. And when while I was there at, at college, I would just date normally and, and not even think about, you know, that's a possibility because that never crossed my mind. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, like I, I have a lot of people that I, that are in either side of that kind of relationship, right? You either are the American that are sponsoring somebody else and, and uh, an immigrant or uh, uh, immigrants that are being, yes. And yeah, like it, you know, it, it's painful. It's painful. It's stressful. It's, it's a reality for a lot of people, for sure. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's for <laughs> sure. Cause you feel powerless. Like you, you, Sometimes you, because a lot of stuff you, you're like, okay, I just have to, you know, do the work, you know, sit down and figure it out and then I can do it. But with, with the immigrations, it feel, you feel so powerful, so powerless yes. that is like, no matter what I try, it, it depends on somebody else to decide, okay, you're allowed to be normal. Yes, because just a little bit of background, and I think I've showed this to Bree. When I moved here with my family, mm -hmm. so yeah. I didn't have, I guess, the, the bad initial right. uh, experiences. And I applied for my citizenship like normal, mm -hmm. and I went to get my, my papers, and my green card got revoked when oh, I no. went to apply for my citizenship. Oh, wow. And okay. I had to like sue the USCIS to give me back my card because they had made errors in my paperwork. Yeah, and, and that's so common, trust me. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and that six months when I was dealing with court cases was about as stressful of a time period in my life as I will ever experience. And it just drives you crazy. And it was it was the worst time because I was graduating college at the time. And you see, the, the worst part of it is that you see all your friends moving on with their regular lives yeah. and you're stuck. Yes. Out, out because of... Because it's not because you didn't work hard enough or because you're not smart enough. It's because somebody in an office somewhere made a decision for you that will dictate the next, possibly the next five years of your life or yeah. the next six months of your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just got lucky that it was just six months of my life. Um, so, you know, I know we joke a lot about immigration and we, we say Trump build the wall, uh -huh. but they're especially, I mean, I, I that's why to. like that's why I got my citizen right like yeah. you you are allowed to have your residency for about five, ten, five, 10 years it's ten five years, years now oh it's five like yeah. look at that yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because all this is very expensive everything with immigration and papers is very expensive so if you can avoid doing it uh, for a while it's, it's good because then you can just collect the money. But one of the reasons that I became a citizen is because Trump got elected. And the, the fear, you know, like I was literally afraid to go back to what I, what I had before I got my residency. So one, one of the first things that I did when he got elected, I'm going to become a citizen because I worked really hard to get my, my legal papers and I'm not going to allow it to, to have them removed from me. Yeah. Right. Cause I, cause I've, I made the decision a long time ago. I wasn't, if I become a U.S. citizen, I lose my, my passport. Okay. I lose my local passport. So that's, like, that's like your country. That's would my country's say. Okay. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, I have this 10 year card that I can always renew whenever I want. Uh -huh. I will just keep it. But I made this decision to renew, yeah. to get my U.S. citizenship. And then it just caused all this fucking trouble. And yeah. I was like, Fuck this. I don't want to do and, this. And think about it, right? <laughs> like, let's say, uh, in, what, what's your country? Um, I'm 
My pass, my the passport I used was Tanzanian when I moved here. What was it? Tanzanian. 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 Yeah. Okay, so like that's that's you, right? You're Tanzanian, and 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 it's like I'm renouncing, I'm renouncing my culture, to become an American. Right. Think about how powerful that that is. Right. Like it, this is your culture. This is your country where you were born, and you're gonna renounce that all that to be an American and there's so many people out there that will still say you are not American right mm -hmm. you made the decision to become American but still just because you were not you didn't throw the dice and you know it came out American randomly uh -huh. then you're still not American they just happened like you know their moms their mom and dad just walked someday and they they randomly became were born in America then they are more American than you who actually actively picked to be American yeah. that's fucked up I think that's wrong and you know it was because um, I I was having a conversation with someone because I knew you were gonna come on and we we're gonna talk about this and we I had completely forgotten that the dancing community is predominantly Latino and this mm -hmm. is a problem that the Latina community deals with Hunt. more than any community out there. And, I, yes. you know, it's almost like it's this big mountain that's kind of hidden in the back that no one ever talks about and no one ever brings up. But there are probably real people who are going through this. And we're going to see them at Essence on Saturday. Hey, Romeo just, Santos! Let's <laughs> 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 just fucking get uh, popping! <laughs> almost... <laughs> Almost going to forget, like these people have yeah. to wake up on Sunday yes, morning and yes. go through the pain of living their lives right. in a restricted way. It's it's amazing because I, I do think about that several times. Like the chances that the person that you're dancing with, that they are struggling with their papers, mm. they're struggling with some sort of immigration. Maybe their parents, their their kids, uh, some sort are huge, right? Uh, and sometimes we don't even think like it's amazing how we just dance with people and we don't see them past that like we're just thinking okay they're not even keeping the the, the yeah, timing yeah, right yeah. <laughs> 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 and it's like wait wait you don't even know what's real yeah. really there it could That's be anything nice. right and yeah. and Sometimes that's wrong, right? Um, give the give people the chance. I yeah, agree. That's actually that was actually very wise of you to say that. You need, we do need to, especially on the dance floor. It's so easy to judge someone based yes. on just in the moment what's happening, right? And you need to give people more grace than that, because they might end up being your best friend one day. You know what exactly. I mean? So you never know. Uh, Davis is about to um, ask a question. Yeah, so um, you've talked about, um, we just wanted to touch base on some of the passions that you've developed over time. and um, God, I have so many. Yeah, so I mean, the, the biggest one we've seen, and I think this is one we actually interacted with you, was the videography and, um, and the dance videos on Instagram. You want to shout out your Instagram handle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so definitely go to Simon.SAZ videos. That's, that's, that's my IG. Um, yeah, so like, it's been a bit, it's been almost like four months now since I picked up my camera and I feel like it definitely transformed my life. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel like these past four months have been almost magical. Like I never ever imagined that I was going to be able to do or meet the people that I have met through my videos, doing videos, I have gotten closer to so many dancers mm. and, and I've gotten so much attention because of that, right? And I love it, like now I'm like addicted and definitely it's something I wanna continue doing. I Currently I do it for passion, like it, it's something that I just love. I, I, Arts for me is my passion, right? It doesn't matter if it's maybe watercolor, woodworking, calligraphy. Uh, I love to try new things, right? But the videography just works so good with dancing, right? Uh, 
I can integrate that with dancing so easily and people you know like it works it works i can and it doesn't have to be now just dancing because i'm also doing videos with like uh like jujitsu i just did uh daniela uh doing jujitsu and it's like so cool because it's kind of like this podcast you get to understand or see people more uh, than just dancers right and it's like it just brings you together and that connection becomes stronger and and yeah no i'm lucky that somehow it's working out because I, I, I would say that he's probably the someone is probably the most influential person in the dallas dance mm. oh, thank dance you <laughs> it's actually yeah, true right it's actually now, true like like being on your like if you're seen on someone's videos like you're a good dancer like you know like you fucking <laughs> you're indoctrin- indoctrinated in the dfw <laughs> hall of fame basically <laughs> Uh, and so why, why did you decide to pick up your camera? Um, well, okay, so I, I always loved, I love to travel. Traveling is for me one of my passions. And it goes back to like meeting cultures and, and, and meeting new people. And right now, I, like, I want to do a lot more traveling. And so every time I travel, I, I used to like just take my, my phone or like I had a very tiny camera. Uh, uh, an Osmo that is, in, and just make videos, you know, because it's fun. And then this year I decided, you know, I'm gonna get a, like a serious camera and see what where it takes me. And it's been fun. Like I never imagined it. W- it will like explode in the way it is. And and yeah, I love, I love just filming because you see a lot of in 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 IG in Instagram. You see just like the super amazing dancers showing, you know, like their skills. I, I actually like regular people. Like you, you don't get mm. enough regular people and, and a lot of videos are just like so it, angles that are not like flattering. And I'm like, you can make anyone look good because the stuff what we do, right? If you're, ta- if you're a dancer and you've been taking classes, you're already amazing, right? It's just that we compare ourselves with like superstars, right? But if you take a random person from the street and you dance in front of them, the stuff that you do is crazy. Like, you know, like they're going to say, they're they're just going to be like, wow, you're so amazing. And you're just basically doing it. You know, inside turn, yeah. and and <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's serious. I'm I'm serious. Like the stuff what we do is hard. You know, you've taken months of classes to get there. So I want to show that. Like, mm. look what you do already. Yes, you. We always want to get better, but it's already amazing, and and I want to show you that. Uh, Simon is the prophet of the DFW area, the fucking, what do you call it? The the Messiah? <laughs> Something like that. I don't fucking know. I'm not, I don't think I'm using the right words. But it, it sounds like you're on a mission to pioneer uh, basically showcasing... Um, how do you? Sorry, guys. I've been drinking a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the apology thing again. I'm sorry. No, no, no. So, but you are, goal- you are, you are, you're capturing the thing that no one else is capturing, which is like two average people who are classically trained and they're showcasing what they do instead of watching. Because if you go on YouTube, um, it's two professionals just going, <laughs> and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, so like, <laughs> and, and you don't know, but like these these two people are pro or teachers are probably probably an actual couple, mm. right? So obviously their connection is gonna be amazing. And it's choreographed. <laughs> it's fucking choreographed. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. You saw my levels just spiked through the roof. Um, no, no. So like. You know, that's, I mean, for me, the beauty of going social dancing and, and, and maybe even to the festivals is to find a person that you have never talked to, you don't know their name, and get together and randomly a song is played for you and the, you just create this amazing piece of art, right, the two of you, uh, and 
that's it. You just separate, find another person, but then then it's like that stays with you, right? That to me is the most beautiful feeling that that dancing can bring you. And another thing that I want to do is put Dallas because I feel like Dallas, we have so much talent here that it deserves to be to the level of like the big cities. You know, it deserves to be to the level of Miami, Vegas, New York. It's like Dallas. You want if you want to be a good dancer and have fun, you need to come to Dallas. That's my goal. You need to come to Dallas. You need to come to wherever Simon is, wherever he's recording that day and just get filmed. Yeah. Just get filmed. He's going to get the lighting correct. He's going to get the The thing I notice about your videos is you 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 really um think about the angle you want to use. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to evolve the dance completely whatever angle you come in from you know sometimes sometimes, sometimes <laughs> simon will just crop out the dude for a second and then bring him back in. <laughs> <laughs> because the girl is kind of doing something very special so the focus is on her i think that's what you're doing in your videos sometimes is that right yeah yeah no but like obviously um when i'm editing my videos i try to make both both not just the follow but also the leader look good right and uh if i can like you know we're we're humans we make mistakes and if sometimes one of them makes a mistake i just move the focus to the other person <laughs> yeah fuck. that's what you gotta do yeah thank you thank yeah, you yeah. so that. that's the magic of editing and because it makes it because your videos the way they look the when i watch the videos they look flawless but actually, I think behind the scenes, it's actually not that. Well, in a way, again, so like we all make mistakes. And it, yeah. when we see ourselves in dancing, because it happens to me, we just focus on like, oh, yeah, my hands, my hand you is just, just like die. not doing anything. You know, my, my styling works. My so. hand is just, my elbow just stuck here. Right. <laughs> like, right. What am I doing? But most of the time, it's fine. Most yeah. of it. I, I want to say like 90%. And yeah. then it's moments that yeah, you just you just you just place something in the wrong position. It just doesn't look good. Mm. Then I'm just gonna like not put it on the frame. Yeah, the truth is that even if you've been dancing for twenty years, mm -hmm. it, there's still gonna be a time where you see yourself on video and kind oh, of regret yeah. something that you did. Hundred percent. It happens to like you know like to the best. Like they actually the more you dance, the harder on yourself you are mm. i've i've noticed yeah, that. yeah yeah i can see that um what we'll um, do is we'll, we'll do one last question and then we'll close it out okay cool because we're about to hit an hour i think sure um so um whenever we've had conversations with you at least i have there's a there's an almost certain peacefulness to how you talk and i think i personally want a very quiet and calm life i think roshan would say he wants a very <laughs> calm and quiet life and I've, I, I've noticed that in you and I, I think I noticed it just over text messages and um, where do you think you found this sort of peace in your life I don't know I don't know like I honestly I just feel again lucky that everything that I wanted or wish for it just happened and that just makes me confident in myself like you know you, you don't you don't have to push it you don't have to rush it yes you push you put yourself in the best position to reach your goals but at the end of the day if it's not gonna happen to you it's not gonna happen right i still work hard to get my goals right like i say for my future and and i practice to become better but at the end of the day, you know, like, I feel, I, I don't like to compare myself to others, right? Because I'm me. I, I try to become better than I was yesterday, right? So I compare myself to, I, I, I do this often, like how I was doing like six months. And if it's good, then I'm in, in a good road. Mm -hmm. to success and it makes me happy you know like that it just it's just easy uh, and, and i guess i don't know i just been lucky that's how i 
like to say. Cool. And then um, our very last question, what's one controversial topic? Uh, what's all one controversial opinion that you have? <laughs> okay, so I have several. Okay. <laughs> several, several. But I think like one that has been thinking about, like, it's weird, but like I'm... It's funny that when I mention that I never have kids, I don't want to have kids. It usually, you know, like a lot of people, it's fine, you know, it's fine, that's good. But I also get a lot, a lot of like, why? You know, like it's, it's, it's gay. No, it's like I you know, know, like why? I'm just saying that sometimes they're, <laughs> at least with like Indian relatives, uh -huh. they're they're always gonna ask you if you're gay for some reason. If you if you haven't like even gotten married in a long time, uh -huh. they're gonna be like, bro, you're gay. So they're not allowed to have kids. It's is that a thing? Oh, uh, it's very like yo. You need to you need to get married ASAP. You need to have kids ASAP, and they need to all be doctors ASAP. The the, I mean? the doctors, yes, yeah. or engineers. Um, no, no, no. So like, to me, I personally, the reason I don't want any kids is just because I feel like it's just too much work. I I feel like I personally will be amazing that. Uh, but just the way I, I feel like it will just change my life so much completely that I just don't think that's something that I want. Mm -hmm. And and people find that controversial for some reason. The fact that it's like, no, no, no. If you don't want kids, it's just because you hate them or some, some reason. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's, the, uh, it's the, shocking. the truth is shocking. They, they say that, but then like they're leaving all these kids in the orphanage. Like, mm -hmm. Who's going to adopt them? Right. You're fucking just making your own kid, and you don't give. A, and you're talking about forcing this guy to make a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like that's one. Uh, obviously, saying that I'm an atheist agnostic that's controversial. Uh, pro abortion controversial for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's like so many progressive feminists. Like it's weird that all these ideas. I feel that it's just things that just happen. In my mind, I guess it's just like it makes sense, and I understand they're controversial. But it's like if you sit down and have an honest conversation, then you will realize, yes, we may disagree, but it it's like it makes sense. Yeah, Davis, you got something to say? Okay, he did the <laughs> cut this thing off sign. All right, well, that was our last question, y'all. Simon, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, Bree, yeah. thank you for pouring us drinks throughout this whole thing. That was Sorry amazing. there was no cameras, but she's been pouring drinks like a bartender all night. Keep us drunk. Um, so we really appreciate that. This is the All Feelings No Facts podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the All Feelings No Facts podcast. Um, we post videos. I mean, sorry, we post, um, this is going live on Monday, 7, 7 PM central. Like we usually do, um, hit, you know, hit the like button. If you haven't, um, subscribe to us, send us a DM. If you know, if, if you need any life advice, feel free to send us a DM. You know, me and Davis have been living for a very long time. We've got some wisdom that we'd love to share with you. And if you want, we could even bring your question online onto the podcast. You can remain anonymous and we'll help you out. We'll do a little advice section at the end. I don't know. That's some just, I'm just guys and chicks. <laughs> yeah. I'm just blueprinting right now. I'm just, I'm just doing my thing, man. Uh, anything else I need to talk about right now? All right. Well, y'all have a good rest of your weekend. Peace.